This is a rebroadcast of my radio show, Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klohomin Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome to you, the listener, and my co-host, Jill Kirby from Astrology, or who's an astrologer, dang, (laughs) who's an astrologer from Victoria, blah, 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 sorry about that, hi. That's quite (laughs) right. I had a good one last week. Last week it went, it was smooth. It was like I actually knew what I was doing. But this way they know it's live. You know? That is true. That 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 is true. Yes, I'm, I'm I can true. I can embarrass myself. I'm good at that. Okay, so what a week! But before we start on dissecting a bit of what's been happening, um, taking a symbolic look at it. We have an announcement to make. So we now have a professional version of Zoom, which means that you could, you the listener, become a participant as the audience on our live recordings. And to do that, um, what you will need to do is um, go to either Jill's email or my email, which is Maureen at cardinalastrology.ca send us an email and we will send you out the link so that you may join and again it will be as the audience but on uh, you know most of you have zoomed now so you'll know that um, there is a um, tab for chat and so that's where you'll be you'll be able to chat to each other and leave us comments or ask questions and we will attempt to is it called bifurcate no multitask there's the right word (laughs) yeah we will attempt to multitask um you know scan your comments and see your questions and hopefully answer them live on air so yeah please do join us it would be wonderful Mm -hmm. yeah yeah okay now um i have as a topic for episode 64, um, a talk about evening and morning star that typically the ancients um, took particularly notice when it was Venus. But because of the events that have unfolded this week, um, that's where we're going to start. And um, so my little shtick that I actually threw up a didn't realize I threw up the picture twice on Facebook. But if you can all remember the guy who was proudly dressed with the horns (laughs) and the face paint and, you know, shouting whatever it was he was shouting, um, if that wasn't the stars symbolically expressing themselves just perfectly. So (laughs) on January the 6th, when the United States did a blip or something, whatever that was, Um, Mars was ingressing out of six months of being in Aries. And a lot of astrologers looked at that Aries time frame as, 
you know, just do, 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 do. Could we be looking at a civil war about to erupt? Um, I would have, I would not have thought that we would see the actual revolution attempt after it left Aries. I mean, that was kind of an interesting thing for me. Um, well, but it is heading for Uranus. Which oh, is, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm shaking things up. It is a revolutionary energy. So oh, it is. And we were just talking about this before the show. Um, when you get into the fixed signs, they're the ones that follow through. Whereas the cardinal signs are the ones that get it started. So maybe Mars in Aries symbolically was just getting oh, things started. And, I think it's but, been for a while yeah oh yeah and but it was just too perfect that this guy had the taurus bull horns on (laughs) and they storm congress i don't know it just doesn't get more specific than that but the other thing to note is that just the day before uh mercury was conjunct pluto what's that Aries, Aries ha- that's too. right that's right so double horny oh did I say that <laughs> I did say that oh foolish me that was uh, a Capricorn goat <laughs> yes and that too okay so Mercury was conjunct Pluto the day before and mm-hmm. Mars the day before was in what's called the anoretic degree a-n-a-r-e-t-i-c uh, which is the last degree of any sign and typically in um the Hellenistic era, uh, certain degrees were given to certain rulers. And the last degrees of all the signs, it was either Mars or Saturn. So the two malefics. And so the day leading up to what happened on the 6th. Um, the, Actually, yeah. But, but uh, uh, even at noon in Washington on the 6th, it yeah. was still in 29. Exactly, 29. exactly. Yeah, so and I have put some charts up on, um, let me just rattle off the charts that I have put up. So I've put up the U.S. Sibley chart. It's not the only chart that people look at, but it's uh, more commonly seen to show effects. Um, yeah, like a lot of astrologers really like the Sibley chart. Yeah. And uh, what we'll notice, of course, with uh, the American chart is they are coming up to their Pluto return. And we are, you know, obviously starting with um, uh, Mercury uh, or with Pluto being in opposition to their natal Mercury. We're obviously already in the throes of that Pluto return. Well, and also, if you look at the chart for the, well, the sixth. You've got Mercury at 27, Capricorn, which is where Pluto is. Exactly. And Pluto's at 24, opposite where Mercury is in the U.S. chart. Yeah. So you got a kind of double whammy of Mercury-Pluto stuff. Exactly. So words will be spoken to the halls of power, because the sun in a country's chart is sort of the ruling people and they're up there in the eighth house attempting to you know hang on to power and and you know Pluto's down there in the second I'm not trying to think now what Pluto represents in a mundane chart other than where they need to grow up anybody everybody (laughs) Uh, it is the masses say again Pluto is the masses the masses okay just their power the masses yeah Oh, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's also, you know, the wealth, the power structure, I mean, you know, especially in Capricorn there. Um, 
So there's that. Part so contr- so if the if the leaders of the country are cancer, and the masses are Capricorn, then you know what they want to do is control that. Well, and control the message too, because the yeah. Pluto is opposite Mercury yeah. in Cancer. Yeah, right? control what the people hear. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. So we've still got that that whole plutocratic Capricornian thing going on, where they're trying to hang on to that power and control. Yeah, it's. Yeah. It's not good. They're not going to let go easily. No, they are not, and. Um, Okay, so with this also comes with this ingress of Mars into uh, Taurus is he's headed for Uranus. So it's like we ignited things on the 6th with what um, people in general all over the world, I mean, there's tensions and needs for revolutions, not just in the U.S., but, you know, pretty much everywhere. (laughs) And so what we saw was a symbolic representation of those moments that are coming this year when um, Uranus and Saturn get activated. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, and if you look at the day, the the time of the Mars-Uranus conjunction, you've got the moon actually in Taurus. It's going to be joining them. Yes, it is. And and I put up that chart because it is the inauguration down in the States. And um, on that day, Mars will exactly conjoin and it will do so at 3.37 p.m. with the moon being willing to kick it off. So, um, you know, it's interesting. All that sun, Saturn. Yeah. 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 So there's and and as we talked about also earlier, look at, um, you know, for folks who have the opportunity to pull those charts up, they are on my website, which is www.cardinalastrology.ca. I've got that chart up there. You will see that, you know, we're getting this compression. And Jill, you had an expression before the show. Well, it, to me, it feels as though this there's a spring and it's getting yes. compacted and compacted and compacted. And at some point, it's going to go. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes, exactly. You know, because the planets are almost well, they will be in February. Trine, yeah, within a trine of each other. And that's that's quite extraordinary. I mean, that doesn't happen every day either. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And we've got extraordinary stuff going on this year. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, the uh, leading up to that and in between that, we also have this interesting chart that is the Uranus station. So Uranus has been um, traveling backwards and it's coming back to the sixth degree. And so on January the 14th, which is 16 days or six days before the inauguration, um, just next week, excuse me, um, it will finally stop. And so it's been, you know, when a planet is retrograde, it's reconsidering, rethinking, re, you just put re in front of everything. Um, And, but then it's going to stop and go, no, I've done thinking about this. Let's get on with the 
Uranus revolution. And so, um, yeah, that chart, and you brought my attention to it. So take it away. Uh, yeah, I think it's an extraordinary chart as well, just because, oh, sorry, wrong one out here. <laughs> yeah, pull it up. <laughs> I guess I should look at the right one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that moon, Mercury, and sun, Pluto, yes. Yeah, so if we look at, at this year. Uranus stationing and going direct. I mean, first of all, it's going to hang out on that degree. Wait, wait for Mars to catch up to it. So. Exactly, exactly. It's like I'm waiting for you know the the guy in charge of setting it all in motion, Mars. Yeah, and and they are with you know the the planets are at a, a they're a trying away from each other. If you start at Venus in Capricorn, there yep. look right around to where Uranus is. It's basically a trine, yeah. and it gets more compacted after that with Venus yeah. moving further into Capricorn. But on the day that it is stationing, um, Mars and Uranus are squaring Saturn-Jupiter. Yep, that they are. The moon. You've got the Moon conjunct Mercury in Aquarius. You've got this little package of people in, in Aquarius. Yep. And you've got the Sun at 24, almost to the minute, conjunct. Pluto. Exactly, exactly. Oh. And that, of course, is directly opposite Mercury in the U.S. chart. The U.S. chart. So yeah. this, this is, again, it's like the heavens are talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> they're How shouting. I would say, it's, you know, they're the writing in big letters out. across the sky. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> oh, the other thing I think that's uh, interesting with the Aquarius stuff, because um, the moon actually, they... U.S. actually has its moon in Aquarius. Yes, it does. At later degrees, but their node, south node, is it not in Aquarius? Uh, yeah. Uh, the south node is six degrees. So there you, you've got this <clears throat> Uranus station squaring that. Yes. With exactly. Jupiter on it on one side and moon. Yep. Mercury kissing it from the other side. So is, are the Americans going to move forward in life? You go from the south node to the north node? So it's about to, again, it's that whole thing of that whole south node, time to shed this old stuff. Exactly. And find a new path. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, quite, I mean, that that is squaring the U.S. nodes, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uranus. So that's, I, I, I think all of it is quite significant. It is. And, and um, it, it's calling to mind, too, the, um, the unprecedented scenarios that are also going down. Because remember, this is, this is the send-off for this next 20-year Jupiter-Saturn cycle and yeah. the next 200-year. And, you know, we're getting things like... Um, you know, the unfrettered use of Twitter or Facebook uh, by their leader has just been completely shut down. Who would have thought that was possible? Well, is that not a Pluto opposite? Yeah. Um, Mercury and, yeah. 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 That, 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 that's not a, an, I mean, whether you, however you feel about Trump, he's still the president. Yes. To, oh, yeah. Yeah. To take away his voice. Yes. Is uh, there's something wrong with that, in my estimation? Yeah, I'm not not because I'm a Trump fan, but because the guy's still legally the president of the country. He and is. He is. Thinking, and know, it, you know, it. 
this is big tech saying we're more powerful than, than exactly the exactly it it the outward picture of that and yeah. what's actually happening behind the scenes because yeah. um you know if we we go back to the fact that this is their pluto um return it's yeah. are we getting an opportunity to see and question how much power the elites have you yeah. know and it's no longer sort of all that hidden it's being blatant now yeah yeah and it's it's you know it's kind of like there's a lot coming up from below the surface i think yes. and that's a good thing i think you know it's yeah. like sunlight is the best disinfectant <laughs> it is angle. it is i would and totally so, agree you know, is that, you know pluto is the underworld it is that dark stuff under the underbelly yeah that we're and not willing to look at that we don't want to talk need, about yeah it yeah. all needs to come out and i think it will you know i yeah. think that's the good the good part of all this yes craziness yeah. that's going on on the planet right now. yeah and and the question too for me is with what's being revealed by you know this this wholesale shutdown of like you say the the current president um but it also speaks to the fact that um we've got a populace who um have been um groomed as it were to um to just take what is being fed them And so that, you know, my hope with this Aquarian shakeup that Saturn is going to, you know, push with the the Taurus element, that maybe we'll get people realizing and waking up at how they've been groomed to do the lockstep thing of, well, you know, if you look at the one piece of it, which is just capitalism, where unfettered capitalism is supposed to be a good thing. and then, well, of course, we have a finite planet. Yeah. Being told that it's not okay to question anything. This is the official narrative, and anybody who questions it, we're just going to censor them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's going on. And that's That has to stop. You know, the people need to wake up to it and realize it. Yeah. And start doing their own research while yeah. they can. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. the ability to do that will be taken away. Yeah. And so it's, it. I mean, to me, when I see Trump, I see... Um, you know, just how silly it can get with uh, people not questioning um, who have been groomed to not question. And so, you know, whoever is, you know, shouting the loudest is who they follow. And they're not questioning it. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody's been questioning anything. You know? and, and part Not of to the degree is, it needs to be, yes, yeah. You no, know, and part of it, of course, is by design. It's, it's part of being told what, you know, you can believe this or you can believe that, and then we're going to pit those two things against each other. Yeah, so we yeah, can divide and conquer, yeah. So we can control things. So, you know, they'll label you this and they'll label you that, and then you say, okay, you guys are supposed to fight each other. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and what's unfortunate is again that simplistic view of life is what people have been groomed for. Yeah. Oh, yeah and it isn't exactly. simple. You know, it it's I mean, I know in Canada with the whole uh controversy around uh the political system and whether or not we could change the way we vote, et cetera, et cetera. Um you know, there's this 
abhorrence of messy. But I think that where humanity needs to go is messy. We have to figure oh, out yeah, how to get along with everybody. And that's messy. <laughs> it's going to get very messy. Yeah. 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 And that's yeah. okay because that's, yeah. that's, well, that's what Uranus represents. No, yeah. it's chaos. It's upheaval. It's yeah. dramatic change. It's yeah. revolution, rebellion. This isn't working. Let's find something that will for all of us. And yeah. it is humanity. Yeah. And about. and the the other piece that I have, I'm still fairly firm about is that Uranus in Taurus is specifically about the planet, uh, about the resources that have to be um, appreciated, because there is no planet B, there is no Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> and that if we don't recognize that we are part of the web of life and not here yeah, yes. to dictate and control that's, the web of life, the, yeah. And so the, I'm also looking for some humanity in the uh, as part of the earth, not separate from the exactly. Earth. And so I'm looking also for some revolutionary moments in terms of. Um, that fit how people need to come back and fit in to the yeah. web of life yeah that is part of what needs to change in a, in terms of our view of well even money i mean you know money yeah. is something we created we humans created it yeah and we gave it value yeah. right and you know why do we value the things we value right yes it's yep. um yeah uranus is I, in a venus yeah. ruled sign yeah yeah, and I was thinking that the other day that we value things like gold. Well, gold is beautiful. Yeah. And but why is it so precious? Yeah, because you can't eat it. It's not going to give you a roof over your head. <laughs> you can't drink it. Yeah. You, you know, it represents money. But again, we're back to valuing money, right? As, yeah. Or that, and so our our whole value system needs to go through a. That's, you know, an upheaval and a change and a yes. re-evaluation, I yep. think. Yep. Yeah. I, you yeah. You know what I value? I value worm poop the highest. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. in my garden, Sweet it grows the best stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and getting my hands on worm poop is just heaven. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, it is it's about getting our feet back on the ground, our hands back in the soil and... Humanity yeah. coming back to the earth. Yeah. It? So Uranus, I do think, it, you know, as a modern ruler of Aquarius, does represent that, you know. Yeah. Especially yeah. with all those planets in Aquarius right now. Exactly. Um, highlighting that. It, it's about humanity becoming more human, which means becoming more more connected to our yeah. roots. Exactly. exactly. We are earth. We are, you know. Okay, I am going to segue us now just so that I can, you know, scoop in a little bit about what I had originally yeah, <laughs> planned yeah. for this uh, for this session. Um, but it was interesting as I took a deep dive into the whole idea of the morning star and the evening star as it pertains to Venus, who does turn out to be when she's at her brightest, she is the brightest. Um, yeah. And so... Um, 
you know, I wondered, okay, so will, you know, if you have a morning Venus um, in your chart, or if you have an evening Venus in your chart, you know, is this really going to make some huge um, statement uh, in a personal chart? And the further I got into it, I realized mm, it's a nuance, it, it adds a piece of color. But in the scheme of looking at a natal chart, there is so much other things that will speak louder. But I got the impression from the research that I did that in mundane astrology, it can um, possibly have some interesting effects. So I will just go through it in terms of personal charts. And uh, so we get um, from the astronomical point of view, um, that uh, Venus um, is the second most often retrograding planet. Mercury, of course, is the first. It does it three times a year. Uh, Venus will go retrograde approximately every 19 months. And it has two distinct phases. It is the morning star and then the evening star. And there's about two months in between when literally you cannot even see it. But it is doing its thing in terms of retrograde. So there's a nine months Venus rising before the sun. Um, this is her morning phase. And interestingly enough, of course, that nine months kind of makes us think of gestation. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... Then at approximately two months, it uh, when it does its retrograde period, it will rise again and be an evening star. Um, and then it disappears again at the opposite end of its retrograde when it catches up to the sun again and becomes a morning star. And at that point, it's the furthest away from the earth. And it's actually lockstep from our point of view with the motion of the sun. And then it turns back to being a morning star. So in the Greek mythology, um, Hesperus, I think I'm pronouncing that right, uh, that was the name of the evening star. Um, and uh, it, he was the son of the goddess Eos, which is interesting. Our boat used to be called Eos. There's a few different stories on that, though. Big pardon? There's the, from what I was looking at, there were a few different stories that. Oh yes, with, yeah, different, yeah, different, different parents. So. Yeah, different parents <laughs> and different names. Yes, and the other one, um, the morning star was called Phosphorus. Um, yeah, so that was one set. Now, um, okay, so the whole cycle of Venus from our perspective will be an interesting discussion as it forms a pentagram in the sky and has an eight-year cycle that repeats. Now, a Canadian astrologer named Nick Dagenbest has done extensive study on this phenomena and has an interview which I highly recommend for those who are interested in this phenomena. Uh, if you go to the astrology podcast, it's episode number 39. And it's actually, he's done a lot of research, although I haven't seen that A, I can't find a website for him. B, I don't know if he's written a book about it. I wish he would. Um, yeah, he's an interesting character. I'm not, yeah, maybe I just put in the wrong search stuff. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, so um, we'll come back to that pentagram phenomenon because it is quite interesting. But let's just go back to the basics of the morning star. Um, is supposed to be... Um, 
related to an emotion. Okay, so let's look at Venus first. I'm getting ahead of my what I've put out here. Okay, so Venus is your emotional processes and attitudes towards value and meaning and your desire for partnership and relationship. So Venus is about unifying and reconciling. It's about money and goods, and it's about social consensus. Okay, so... It's interesting that right now, Venus is rising before any of the other planets. Yes. It's leading, it's leading off this yes. trine of planets. It I, is right at the moment, yes. I point that out because you're talking Yeah, later. yeah, good point. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, Venus as a morning star. Um, another name given it is Lucifer, and Lucifer was considered the bringer of light. Okay. And so the retrograde period is actually what starts off the whole Venus cycle. And, and so we'll start with uh, Venus as the morning star retrograde. Uh, signifies a phase of renewal and reorientation of feelings, emotions, and values. It is a time when the future attempts to free itself from the past. So we had that this year in Gemini in the summer clearing the way for the development of new set of values and new emotional sense, but attempts to fight or rebel against the past and its values and morality can bind us to the very thing from which we seek to free ourselves. So that is almost in a mundane con- context, and it may speak to the whole Black Lives Matter eruption that we had this summer, because that's when Venus was doing its resinking in Gemini. Uh, Okay, so now when it turns stationary direct, um, it starts by the conjunction with uh, the sun and it begins, so are we coming up to that? No, we're we're just about to leave that, yeah. Okay, so Lucifer direct people, um, so there's about nine months worth of that, uh, are not necessarily more emotional or even more emotionally demonstrative. than the Lucifer retrograde types. Um, Okay, so what I'm doing here is I'm literally just quoting uh, a Michael Myers um, article that's on Astro Dienst, that if, again, if you want to look further into this. Okay, so they conceal the more vibrant and dark side of their emotions because they desire to fit into cultural mainstream, a tactic that uh, Venus Morningstar direct people often feel will give at, will at once give them a direct sense of self-worth and enable them to affect their culture and its values and ideals more successfully. Um, Venus direct uh, morning star people can be they are, they are direct and demonstrative regarding their feelings and they tend to have an open and optimistic approach to life and to relationships so the evening star um again there is a retrograde evening phase which is about 21 days and then um like for instance coming up here shortly when the sun conjoins in I don't know if she'll conjoin it in Capricorn or if she conjoins it in Aquarius coming up shortly then she will then become she's now the rising star she will then become the evening star okay so yeah looking at their at the conjunctions for so when does does she do it in Aquarius or in Capricorn when when she's direct 
Yeah, she is direct now, and so she is catching you know, up to the sun. Um, her 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 conjunctions with the sun when she's direct are not that often because she's it conjuncts, then nine months later it turns retrograde, and then nine months later. Yeah, but she's about to do it now, right? In the uh, next well, month or so. March twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. And she'll be yeah. in what sign? Five degrees Aries. Yeah, so she'll in Aries, and then she'll become the evening star. And then she goes retrograde not until Capricorn, which is, you know, December of next year. Yeah. And then the one, one after that is October of 2022. Yeah. Okay, so um, in her direct... Evening star. When you know, when I was studying this, my brain just got turned inside out trying to keep it straight. You know, which which side and anyway. I okay, want, I just wanted to mention you've got Venus Hesperus and and the the um, Greek name Aphrodite Urania, which I thought was interesting. Yes, yeah. I do have a bit of a fact sheet that's up on the website. I forgot to switch on the when you click on it so that you can actually read it. I will fix that later today. And, Sorry about and that. She in the in the mythology, she she was born of the droplets from Uranus, right? When yes, his, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, from his severed parts. Yeah. <laughs> God. yeah. The anyway, stories that they had. My goodness. That was interesting that they call it Aphrodite Urania. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. Evening. And that's the evening star. So they evaluate and react to situations after they take place. Okay, so these folks can, um, because they're ruminating on, on um, relationships and values and all the rest of it, can... Um, by the time they actually need to express those emotions can become quite dramatic. And, you know, the people that are in relationship to uh, Venus evening star will sometimes be quite shocked at what comes out because they're thinking, well, this little incident shouldn't create that big a reaction. But what's happened is um, they have stored it up um, because the Venus is in the underworld when she is the evening star, right? She's she's headed into the underworld first um, before the sun, I guess. Yeah. And so the retrograde phase for either direct, for either morning star or evening star retrograde, there's only Actually, about 20, 22, 23 days in which people can be born, and that's only every 19 months yeah evening star she's following the sun yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah she'll go so down before the sun goes does. down into the darkness yeah yeah no right. she's yeah she's following the sun so yeah she goes so down the after goes the down. sun goes down oh yeah. see what i mean <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. Okay, I, I do. take my hat off to anybody who can uh, who can study Venus and not get confused. I well, really she's do. In, she's, she's shining in the sky because the sun has gone down. Right? Exactly. So, exactly. Thank you for that. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me yeah. just <laughs> go through what I've put up on um, the website there. So, Morning Star, 
uh, Lucifer, uh, Phosphorus is another name, uh, Warrior Goddess, Daughter of Zeus and Dion, that's one take on it, Yang and Assertive, Closest to the Earth at Peregrine, um, following the retrograde cycle. So, um, and that's why when she does go retrograde, she's so close to us that um, when she finally comes out from under the sun as a morning star, she's the brightest, and the effect is actually quite pronounced. And that is something I'm going to attempt to study further uh, from a mundane perspective. Okay, so she rules the daytime if she's the morning star, um, and she is also connected more closely to Taurus, uh, primal, raw sensuality, earth goddess. Okay, so the quick notes are socially impulsive. They rush into life and love, acting before thinking. Now, the evening star, Venus Hesperus, Aphrodite, Urania, like you said, love goddess, daughter of Gaia and Uranus, Or- <laughs> yin receptive, farthest from the earth. So that's the one that's going to happen in Aries in March. Uh in the upper world, okay, rules nighttime, moves faster following the superior conjunction with the sun, um, and again is in its retrograde phase only for around 21 days. Um, how am I doing here? Got lots of time. Okay, so. Uh, well, interesting. Interesting. She's she's the daughter of Gaia, Gaia and Uranus. Exactly. So although essentially, she's more Uranus than the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, and what's interesting is they put that with Libra. Okay, refined, socially acceptable. I know, it it was, this piece is kind of curious to me because some of it seems backwards, but what do I know? Well, yeah, the the yin for me is Taurus and the yang is... Yeah, I I know, I know. And so we we could challenge this. You and I, we could challenge this. There are no hard and fast rules as far as I'm concerned. No, yeah. there aren't. There aren't. It's there's, there's, what the experience teaches us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did put together a bit of a list of some of the people who have morning star versus evening star. I wasn't able to find any sort of celebrity charts with it being in either of the retrogrades, whether it was a retrograde morning star or a retrograde evening star. Um, and again, there's only, you know, there's about 42, 43 days in which Venus is in that kind of a position, um, every 19 months. So it's not all that common. Okay. But in just the general direct morning star, there's Jill and myself are both morning star Venuses. We Uh have, uh, Paul McCartney, Neil Young, Amy Winehouse, uh, Betty Ford, Jacqueline O'Kennedy, Julian Assange. These were just ones that popped up when I first started looking. Evening um, star Venus people. Liz Taylor, Pink, Katy Perry, Liza Minnelli, Janis Joplin, JFK Kennedy, uh, Mona Lewinsky, um, Angela Merkel, and Stevie Nicks. So, you know, whether one can actually add much nuance to your own chart by looking at this 
that's eh, a bit questionable. My, as Jill pointed out when we were talking earlier, like she has Libra rising. So Venus is her steersman of her chart. And so there it might have more importance. Adding, or if you have Taurus rising. Perhaps. Or if you have Taurus rising, exactly. Then too is I don't think any single thing in astrology exactly. in an astrological chart is is a huge determining factor I think yeah always looking at it in the context of everything else right? exactly so it's a so slight brush stroke that you might add yeah <laughs> a slight brush stroke how does it rule and how prominent is it yeah, and, is you know, your Venus place, and yeah, placement. You know, if it's right at your mid heaven, well, it might have a lot more impact. Than, exactly. Yeah, and know. actually, when I'm looking for examples, that's typically what I do. Is I put, yeah. I try to put the example on the tenth, um, yeah. because that makes it the most visible. visible. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Or perhaps right on the ascendant. You know, if it's yes. the rising. Yeah. Or on the descendant. Yeah. It's, the you know, angles. Yeah. I think there's you you would have to look at all the different factors that might you know enhance or that it might enhance in terms of its morning or evening yeah. status. Yeah. Yeah. And how distant it is from the sun. Too. Exactly. So when it's like the one that's coming up in March, it will be furthest away from the earth per se. Whereas yeah. when it's doing its retrograde, that's when it's very close to Earth um, yeah. and can have probably, and I would say, I'm suspecting that the mundane influence might be where, um, yeah, the most nuance is going to show, yeah. And so but that I is something I'm going to look at, yep. And I think in terms of that, I didn't get to read, I was reading some of the transcript from that fellow's mm -hmm. podcast just skimming through to see if I pick out stuff. Um, yeah. But um, one of the things he talked about in terms of that is just the cycle itself. Yes, the cycle it itself is mind-boggling. We should talk about that, yep. And if you look at the actual, I guess, was it conjunctions? or I think it was the conjunctions. Anyway, the, yes. the period that, that begins the cycle. Exactly, um, which is, is the conjunction at the retrograde, like when it comes back. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's significant in terms of, from what he was saying, you know, if you, and he was pulling out some events that I went, okay, yeah. Yeah, Although, of course, no, he was they tracking, were, yeah. They were, all, they were all about the U.S. because <laughs> well. I guess he's American. But um, even though he's a Canadian, what's up with that? Anyway, well, he's North, <laughs> North North American, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so I think that in terms of the mundane, that's that would be the cycle itself would be significant. Exactly. Significant exactly. So yeah. in the cycle that Jill is talking about, Venus literally produces a pentagram diagram in the sky as viewed from the Earth. It's quite dramatic and the cycle it takes multiples of five times eight for eight years that is to create that and it that pentagram slowly moves two degrees and it takes uh -huh. about 1200 years I believe for it to go completely that pentagram to rotate through the zodiac yeah uh -huh. Yeah. yeah, and that you know that again is is something to I think look at more more closely in terms of the mundane. Yes, for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I have I have my walking papers. <laughs> he also in in that in terms of that he mentioned that the pentagram is is used on some of the flags for different countries. And That's true. That's true. That is something to do with the you know relationships with other countries or something like that. Yes. Yeah. It's about re- relating. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's it. I, I found it interesting as something I haven't looked into at all. Ever. Yeah, no, I hadn't either. And I hadn't so, either. Yeah, I've certainly knew there was a, a morning and evening star for Venus and Mercury. Well, for all the planets, but yeah. because they are the ones inside our orbit, they are more visible. Yeah. yeah, and and more directly personal, actually. Yeah. 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 And Mars, Mars is. I can't remember how often he goes retrograde. Um, he goes retrograde um, a little less than two years or two years and change. No, his cycle is two years. Yeah, his cycle is two years. So, so it's got to be less than two years that he goes yeah, retrograde. I yeah, think his, I think Venus actually is retrograde less often than Mars. Oh, okay. I, I believe so. That's my understanding. But okay, I yeah, to, you could be right. You could be right. Because I, yeah, because Mars has a two-year cycle, and I believe it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to retrograde some point in in that cycle when it's opposite Sun. Yeah, yeah, and typically that is when you will see planets retrograde, especially the outer ones. You will see that they will do this once they start to be in a position opposite the Sun. Yeah, yeah. So usually, almost from the trine. Yeah. Through to the next trying on that opposition it's quite a swath exactly that means they're retrograde a lot they are retrograde a lot and so in a personal chart um, when we're looking at charts for clients we tend not to at least for myself I know uh, Saturn retrograde is sort of the last one that I actually look at I don't take much stock in um, retrograde, you know, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto in a personal chart. No, I chart. think those, those have more to do with uh, groups. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. But Saturn retrograde, one. unfortunately, uh, its um, reputation as indicating an absent or missing authority figure in a person's life, that yeah. unfortunately works out way too often. It does, yeah. 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 The father in particular is yeah. sort of... Or whoever missing, plays the father missing, in this... Missing or might as well be, or he's really over-the-top authoritarian. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I think it... Yeah, I certainly, when I check that out with clients, that tends to be... Yeah. It's a nod. Yeah. So and so it's it, difficult if... Um, here. Here's one of the the um, tough moments for um, practicing astrologers is, you know, you've got a child's chart and, you know, um, the parents are sitting there and (laughs) and you notice that Saturn is retrograde and you're like, la, la, la. No, (laughs) I tend not to mention it just because you can't, right? (laughs) Oh, a friend of mine, uh, her, her younger son, their baby was born on the day of solstice. Oh, like, oh! With the sun two minutes away from getting into Capricorn, ha! Oh, so, real solstice baby. Yeah, this yeah, year, huh? In Victoria, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I'll, that. I'll send, I, you, I'll send you the deets. It's kind of an interesting one to look at. Oh gosh, yes, and and that 
Okay, so this is another sort of an aside that, you know, since I've picked astrology back up again, um, and I've often wondered why there isn't more discussion out there in the astrological community about this, but maybe you have to get to the other end of the Saturn cycle before you actually start looking at this. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, like I look at times like, let's say the 6th, you know, I'm sure there was a kid born on January the 6th, probably quite a few. (laughs) And, And they're carrying the stamp of that time um, and they carry it forward in time. Um, that phenomena, you know, it's like you want to, as an astrologer, you want to reach out, find that kid and track their life to see yeah. just how how that energy manifests through yeah. an individual. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I think it is. And, and what the image I found really interesting is that, you know, we think of our selves as sort of stationary but everything is in motion right exactly and the, the sun is in is hurtling through space yeah with all of these planets going around it and if you look at that it's, oh i've seen it, pictures of that like this great spiral and any moment in time is like taking a slice through that we think of it as flat because we look at the flat chart yes yeah but yep. it's not it's this dynamic thing that you're just taking this little slice, slice. out of it yeah at that moment in time and so to me, that was uh, an interesting thing to have that visual and see of that, that moment in time. Yeah, cutting, cutting a log and looking at the rings, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you know, and and it's not that moment is not separate from what came before and what. No, it comes isn't. Out, yeah. Right. So, no. So not only can we look ahead, we can look back. I mean, yeah. stuff was going on. You know, a lot of stuff happens when during gestation for us. And, have, and there's a don't whole have conscious memory of it, but in, yeah. I find it comes up in sessions very often because you can have some parents can have lots of stuff going on for them. Yeah. You're yeah. picking up on all of that without consciously having any awareness of it. So it, it can have a deep impact on, yes. on us yeah. throughout our lives, you know, so I, we don't think in terms of looking back at what was going on no. before we were born. But there or the context into which we are born. Yeah, and there's, the but there is um, a branch of astrology that does um, sort of like with the morning and evening star. They look at um, what was, what did you have before you were born? Was it a new moon? Was it a full moon? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So some of these other nuances that you know, I intend well, also, to kind of look into them because, yeah, 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 and also, also the what it, what eclipse? What, yes, what, the eclipse that happened before you were born, nearest to your your yeah. birth, because that point, that degree. Oh, it's the, the degree the, that is. Oh, yeah, so that degree is high. I mean, that's what we talked about last time we were on. You know, it's like plucking a string on a guitar, right? Each, right. Each degree of the zodiac yeah, has, has a frequency. Yeah, has a frequency to it. So yeah. you highlight that degree, and then you know, so stuff comes around and yeah. and contacts that. And, yeah. and so you know, for me, that's what you know when we talk about transits and progressions and whatnot. Yes, it's plucking those strings. Yeah. And the progressions are another interesting aspect of this morning star, evening star. Thing yes, because, because when they turn, when, when they turn retrograde or direct, yeah. 
Yeah, if that's going to happen in your lifetime, yeah, that will yeah. have an impact. So, my, and that my, those subjects I haven't, I have yet to cover. I have not talked about, I've talked a little bit about transits, but I yep. have not talked about progressions or solar arc directions. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, now I have a huge repertoire. Um, and I just, I watched a webinar this morning on Federia cycles. I'm like, what is a Federia cycle? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I will be looking into that. So in the Hellenistic stuff, we have zodiacal releasing, we have uh, annual perfections, and apparently we also have Fideria. F, yeah, F-I-R-D-A-R-I-A cycles. Yeah. And some, okay, so I was also going to mention to folks, and I should add this to my uh, resource page on my website, uh, astroseek.com um, has plugins that will give you um, some of the Hellenistic stuff if you're interested in looking at it. Um, but it's free. You know, you can get printouts of your chart and uh, some of these subsidiary things that we're talking about. Yeah, it's a good site. And I should, yeah, I will do that. I will put that up on my resource page for folks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's never a shortage of things to talk about. No, there isn't. <laughs> so you can look forward in the future. So next week, your topic is? Well, my my idea is, <laughs> I think looking at um, kind of the pictures that we get in charts, sometimes you get things like a T-square or a Grand Cross or a Grand Trine or a Yod. Yep. Sometimes you get more than one of them in a chart. And and um, what about the shapes yeah. of the charts too? Like well, the bowl yeah. and the handle. You, yeah, splashes yeah. and, and yeah, trains and stuff. Yeah. No, you can look at and, and all of it is again, all of it has significance because like we we're talking about how tightly packed the planets are right, right now. Right, that spring effect. I love that analogy. Yeah. It's, it's not just a, a bowl. It's not a bowl. It's like, a, like <laughs> I say, it's compacted into the bottom of the bowl, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so that carries a lot of energy in that yeah. one segment of the, yeah. of the whole and so, for and instance, if we go back to what we were just talking about, so some kids that are going to start to be born now, okay, yes. um, and especially into February when that compaction even gets greater, um, these people will actually have to to be that compaction. And yeah. And so I know when I've talked to clients in the past that have that, it's perspective, right? Yeah. You know, they have to find someone that can help them with perspective well exactly because you know the the chart the whole chart is you yeah if you've only got the planets in one segment you're very specialized in that little area yeah field of experience yeah but the other part of it is not so much occupied and so you know it'll it'll get occupied as you get transits and progressions going through there which can bring perspective which yeah. is what our experience does yes but yeah, yeah. Often, often you need to pull in people. I have one, my uh, my youngest daughter has all of her planets on the right side of the chart. So yeah, all on, on the other's side of the chart. Yes, yeah. And even as a little tiny kid, she always needed somebody else to play with. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I know that. Can, I'm I'm that same. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> the kids could play by themselves, but yeah. for her, you know. So, yeah. Go entertain yourself. No, 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 kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so but, again, yeah, that's I mean, part of that picture that we're that yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and almost a need to feel the completion of having the other part filled with somebody. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So it's uh, I, there's lots we can look at, but um, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. General idea. <laughs> Alrighty. Alrighty. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Um, let me think. Okay. So everybody, breathe. For the next couple of weeks, know that any feelings of internal tension are probably real, you know, just because we're all experiencing this building up I, of the I, spring. I would say probably for this year. Yeah, I'm well, but we do get moments where it fires off. And I suspect January yeah. the 20th, the pressure will get released and then it'll start loading up again. It'll build again, yeah. And yeah. it's going to be a series of, of bumps along the way. Yeah. Yeah, and so your first bump, big bump, will be uh, January the 20th. As, as with last year, kicking off January. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> last year we kicked off with that, yeah. Just to let us know that, yes, it's not done yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we're talking about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction with everybody else in Capricorn right, on right, the right, 12th right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of January. Yeah, so this is only yeah. a few day, well, a week later or so, yeah. Okay, well, I I think that's it for us this week. Yeah. All righty. So, folks, just as a reminder, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. And Jill and I will welcome you back. And remember, if you can... Send us an email. We will send you the Zoom link so that you can participate in the audience for our show next week. Um, Yeah, take care. Be safe.